Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lift it up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the Old Testament book of Psalms, Psalm 119. We're continuing through this wonderful psalm and we're thankful for the blessings we've gotten out of it so far as we're diving in and discovering more about the psalm and learning more about the things that the psalmist is going through. We now find our way to the 11th, or sorry, to the 10th letter that is found, the 10th section within this segment here. And we start in verse number 73, the book of Psalm 119. And let's begin together looking at Psalm number 119, starting at verse number 73. Look with me as the Bible says this, Thy hands have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. They that fear thee will be glad when they see me, because I have hoped in thy word. I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right, and that thou, thou in faithfulness hath afflicted me. I pray thee thy merciful kindness before thy, my comfort, according to thy word unto thy servant. Let thy tender mercies come unto me, that I may live, for thy law is my delight. Let the proud be ashamed when they, for they have dealt perversely with me without a cause. But I will meditate in thy precepts. Let those that fear thee turn unto me, and those that have known thy testimonies. Let my heart be sound in thy statutes, that I be not ashamed. And if you have it marking things in your Bible, when you mark a phrase in Psalm 119 and verse number 77, Psalm 119 and verse number 77, notice the last phrase of this verse, Thy law is my delight. Thy law is my delight. And as we examine this psalm here, remember that each one of the uh, segments inside of Psalm 119 contain eight verses. And each one of these segments in Hebrew begins with a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. That it begins with Aleph, and then it goes off to Beth, and then it goes to Gameth, and it goes on through each of the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. Interesting enough, as we come to Psalm 119, verses 73 to 80, what we see here is that, or in Hebrew rather, we see that every verse begins with the letter Yod. The letter Yod. Now, what's interesting is that you actually see this word Yod, it's actually put as the word jot inside of the Bible, Jesus makes reference for it. You don't have to turn there, but in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 18, Jesus says, For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle shall no, no wise pass from the law, till all be fulfilled. Now, when Jesus is saying that, and he's saying one jot or one yod, the yod is the smallest letter in the Hebrew alphabet. 
And so when Jesus is making mention of it, he's saying, God has so preserved his word that even the smallest letter is not going to be lost. And it's neither here nor there, but to notice that the yod is the smallest letter. But even though it may be the smallest letter, every verse here is going to have a big message here speaking about God. That every um, verse begins with the smallest letter, but in here it's going to talk about God's hand. It's going to speak about God's heart and it's going to speak about God's help. And I'm so thankful we got a big God who is able to watch over us. Let's examine this psalm and let's first of all see the Lord's hand. The Lord's hand. Notice with me in verse number 73. Thy hands have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. Now think about when God created the universe. He spoke the world into existence. And when he came to man, he fashioned man with his own hand. Think about the care that he said. The universe he spoke into existence, but with man, he crafted it with his own hand. God cares for us. And God had created each one of us as individuals. And he created us with purpose. He created us with intention. That you may have been a surprise to your mom and daddy. But you were not a surprise to God. He made you with intention. With purpose. He made you with a reason. You are created for a reason. And the psalmist here is saying. Thy hands have made me. And fashion me. You didn't just make me, but you made me with purpose. You fashioned me. You put me together the exact way that you wanted me to be put together. And he says, because of this, give me understanding. You created with me purpose. Let me know the purpose. Give me understanding for this. Why? That I may learn thy commandments. Because you have created me with purpose. Because you've created me with intention. Because you created me to fulfill a specific desire, a specific need. Let me know more about your word so I could find out more about it. Did you know that you were created for a reason? You were created because God had something he wanted to do with you in your life. Notice with me in verse 74. They that fear thee will be glad when they see me. Because I've hoped in thy word. Still going with this idea that God, you created me. You created with me purpose. And as I follow your word and find out what my purpose is. And find out what you've given me to do. I'm going to be a blessing to others. They're going to be glad when they see me. That's encouraging. That not only was you created for a purpose. You were created to be a blessing to others around you. And that as you fulfill your purpose. As you do what God's given you to do. That people will be glad to see you. You know, we live in a society where a lot of people feel rejected. A lot of people feel outcast. But I'm so thankful that as we find God's purpose in our life, that we're a blessing to those around us. And that they don't have to just run and avoid us because they don't want to be around us. Amen. That God has a purpose for us. He made us with a purposeful desire. Isn't that a powerful God? Notice with me in verse 75. I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right, and that thou in thy faithfulness has afflicted me. As he's afflicted me, what is God doing? God has allowed afflictions in my life. We know that not all things are good, but all things work together for good to them that love God, who are the called according to his purpose. He created it with a reason. 
And in order to make you the instrument that God wants you to use, sometimes there's the affliction. May I show you something in the Bible where God repeats this in a different way? Hold your finger here and turn with me to the book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah and chapter number 49. Isaiah 49. If you're in Psalms, it's Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah. Isaiah 49. And in here is a wonderful verse that God is referring to, to Isaiah, about how God has made Isaiah, that God created Isaiah with purpose, and that he fashioned Isaiah to be a specific instrument, to be a blessing to others. And that in this verse, it's also going to explain that part of what God is doing to make Isaiah is affliction. Notice with me in Isaiah chapter number 49. Isaiah 49, and notice with me verse 1. Listen, O isles, unto me, and hearken, ye people, from far. The Lord hath called me from the womb. From the bowels of my mother hath he made mention of my name. We're thankful that here, before Isaiah was even a twinkle in his mom's eye, God already had a plan for Isaiah. And before he came out, he already had a desire to use him. So now that he is born, what does God do? Notice with me verse 2. And he, that's God, hath made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand hath he hid me, and made me a polished shaft. In his quiver hath he hid me, and said unto me, Thou art my servant, O Israel, and whom I have been glorified. Then I said, I have labored in vain, and spent my strength for naught in vain, yet surely my judgment is with the Lord, and my work with my God. But notice with me in verse number 2, as it speaks about that God is making the prophet, and he's making him an instrument, that's what the idea of a sharp sword is, he's making me a specific interest, uh, instrument, it said, in the shadow of his hand hath he hid me, and made me a polished shaft. What a great principle this is of the polished shaft. Now, if I could help illustrate this, I heard a missionary give this story that he was a missionary in Africa. And in this specific part of Africa is the crookedest stick in all the world. That in the place that they live in the bush, they didn't have any straight sticks. They only had crooked, crooked, gnarled sticks. So the missionary would watch this tribe as they would take this crooked, awful, gnarled stick. And what the natives would do is they would take the stick and take a knife and begin to cut on it. They'd begin to cut off some of the knob and the extra branches. They would cut the little knots and make little cuts into it. Then what they would do is take this crooked stick and put it in a fire. And just as the fire was burning around it and about ready to start burning the wood, they would take that stick out and take a wet rag. And they would take the wet rag and begin to rub on that stick. And something amazing would happen. That stick would begin to straighten out. And they would cut some more and cut some knobs and cut some more of the things that are extra on that stick. Then they would put it back on the fire. And just as the fire was ready to start consuming that stick again, they would take it out and take a wet rag and begin to rub on that stick and it would straighten out even more. And they would do this process over and over until it was a straight stick and then they would put fletching on it and put an arrowhead on it. It would be part of the arrows and they would put it in a quiver. But every now and again, they would take a crooked stick and they would cut on it. 
And they would put it in the fire. And just when the fire was ready to consume it, they would take it out. And as they would take it out, they would rub on it. But this time, as they would rub on it, they would begin to chant over it. Ooh, 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 ah, 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 ooh. And the stick would straighten up. And they would continue this process. And every time they would rub the stick with the rag, they would chant over it. Then what they would do is they would put it in a special compartment within their quiver. Well, the missionary got curious watching over this. And he says, I noticed the process of you making these arrows. And I noticed that you have a bunch of arrows that you just made normal. But you have this special arrow, arrows that you chanted over. What's the difference? And the native said, in here, my regular arrows. They, um, no big deal, used for practice. They go shoot rabbit, arrow go left or right, miss, no big deal. He says, these other arrows are my polished shafts. This is what the natives call them, my polished shafts. He says, these arrows are life and death. These arrows must not miss. They must hit target. Lion chase after me, it must hit target or I die. These are life and death weapons. And it happened to be that the, the native had used the same term, the polished shaft. And what we learn here is the same principle. That in the shadow of God's hand, he made me. He made me a polished shaft. And how does he do that? From affliction. We see that in Psalm 119 where we were at. And what God does is that he takes a crooked stick like us. We were all crooked and gnarled and messed up. And God begins to cut on us. And those cuts hurt. And what he's doing is he's removing things in our life that would keep us from being used. He cuts out some of the things. Maybe it's some friends. Maybe it's some hobbies. Maybe it's some other things that just would keep us from being the weapon that we ought to be. And he cuts on us. And then he puts us in the flame of affliction, of trial. And it hurts. And just when you think that you can't go anymore, just when you think that you can't handle anymore, he takes you out. And he shows you grace and mercy. And he rubs you down. And you straighten up. And then he does it again. He cuts on you some more. Cuts some things out of your life. He cuts some things in you so that way you could be better used. Puts you back into the fire of affliction. And just when you think you're going to be burned up. Just when you think you just can't make it. You're going to die. He pulls you back out. And with his mercy and his grace. He rubs on you some more. And you straighten up. And it's a process. By the way, when he hides you in the shadow of his hand, nobody knows that you're going through this. Nobody can see. And you're going through it privately. And it's this affliction that he's using to make you into a weapon to be used in God's hand. And I have every desire. I don't want to be a plaything in God's hand. I don't want to be something, well, if it misses, no big deal. I want to be used as a special polished shaft in God's hand. A weapon that he says, listen, it's going to hit the target. It's going to do what I've asked it to do. That's the type of weapon I want to be. And by the way, our part is to be surrendered to it. The stick can't fight and can't try to jump out of God's hand. It has to be the clay and allow the potter to do his work. And he knows what he is doing. Turn back with me to Psalm 119. Let's review those th first three verses again in the light that God wants to make us and use us in the weapon. And there's a process to it to be used as an instrument in the hands of God. That he created us with purpose. Notice with me verse 73 again. Thy hands have made me and fashioned me. And because of that, notice he said, give me understanding 
that I may learn thy commandments. He says, I know that you're doing a work. You've created me with purpose. Help me to desire to be the purpose and to be that person that you wanted me to be. Verse 74, that they that fear thee will be glad when they see me. Because I have hoped in thy word. I put my trust in your word and you've made me. And now I can be a help to others around. I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right. And that thou in faithfulness has afflicted me. What was the purpose of God's affliction? Not because he was mean. Not because he was vindictive. Do you know that he allowed affliction in your life because God is faithful? That's something you usually don't put together. That the reason why you're having problems in your life, the afflictions in your life, is because God is faithful. That he that began a good work in you will continue against that day. He's making you and he's going to continue to make you because he is faithful. And the reason why you have issues and problems in your life and afflictions and things that happen is because of the faithfulness of God. Those are necessary to make you the weapon that God wants you to be. The instrument in the hands of God. We see first of all God's hand. That he is fashioning us. He is making us. He's creating us with purpose. He's doing it. With his hands he's cutting on us. With his hands he puts us in the fire. With his hands he takes us out. With his hands he begins to rub on us. Until we straighten up. Of God's mercy and God's grace. His fashioning. His, he knows what he's doing. He's a master forger. We're in the hands of the potter and we're but the clay and he knows what he is doing. We go from God's hands and we move to God's heart. Notice with me, if you don't mind, in verse number 76. Let, I pray thee, thy merciful kindness be for my comfort according to thy word unto thy servant. God's mercy is an attribute of God. It speaks to God's very heart towards us. That he is plenteous in mercy. Why do we need mercy? Because we're guilty. We offend God all the time. We mess up. It is God's mercies that we don't get what we deserve from the law. If we had the law, the law is very cruel. But God's mercy is is so great towards us that we don't get what we do deserve. He gives us his mercy. And it's not just mercy. And it's not just mercies, plural. But it's God's tender mercies. Notice again in verse 77. Let thy tender mercies come unto me that I may live. For thy law is thy delight. What hope would we have if God was not a merciful God? We're guilty of God's breaking God's law. We're guilty of breaking God's perfection. We're guilty of breaking God's heart. We deserve to be separated from God. And we deserve to be consumed in an awful place called hell. And yet God loves us anyways. And gives us mercies. In fact, hold your finger here. May I show you something? In the book of Lamentations. So if you had... Um, Isaiah earlier, turn, keep turning the other direction, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations. Lamentations is only five chapters. And once again, as Psalm 119 is, each section begins with one letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Lamentations is written in a poetical thing. If you notice that four of the five chapters only have 22 verses because each one of those verses begin with a Hebrew letter. 
in the book of Lamentations chapter number 3, there's 66 because it does it twice. Again, another poetical book. But in Lamentations chapter number 3, this is when the judgment of God falls upon Jerusalem in 586 BC when the Babylonians came and destroyed the temple and, the tap and destroyed the walls of Jerusalem and destroyed everything. That Jeremiah's just weeping and crying because he's seen what the judgment of God looks like, what the judgment of God sounds like. And in the midst of this, in fact, notice the awfulness that is happening in verse number um, oh, 14. I was a derision to all my people and a song in all their day. He hath filled me with bitterness and had made me drunken with wormwood. He hath also broken my teeth with gravel stones and covered me with ashes. And thou hast removed my soul far off from peace. I forgot prosperity. And I said, my strength and my hope is perished from the Lord. Remembering my affliction and my misery, the wormwood and gall. My soul hath them still in remembrance and is humbled in me. This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. What is he going to recall to his mind? Verse 22, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Notice in verse 23, we start with a preposition or with a pronoun. What is this they that they are speaking of? What is new every morning? His mercies. Aren't you glad God's mercies are renewed every day? Because if not, we'd probably run out of God's mercies. I'm glad that they're reset every morning. That God shows brand new mercy to us day by day by day. That it doesn't matter how much I failed God. His mercy is still plenteous. What a wonderful idea that we deserve to be consumed. We deserve the judgment, but God has still showed his mercy. What we see here is God's heart towards us. He has a great heart towards us and he loves us. He does not want us to perish. He's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. He has showed us mercy and showed us grace. So we see God's hand that he created us with reason, with purpose. Then we see God's heart that he has great mercy because he loves us. And he wants the best for us. Then we also see this. The Lord's help. The Lord's help. Notice with me back in Psalm 119. Psalm 119 and notice with me as we look in verse number 78. Psalm 119. And verse number 78. He says this. Let the proud be ashamed. Now, he's already mentioned the proud before earlier in this psalm. A couple different times now. But he says, let the proud be ashamed. For when they deal perversely with me without a cause, but I will meditate in thy precepts. Now what happens? The psalmist turns to God's help. In giving specific requests. Knowing that he made me. And knowing that he has mercies. I can now give my request to the Lord. Knowing that he cares for me. Knowing that it's not going to be put on deaf ears. That God is interested. If he created me with purpose. Then he wants me to fulfill that purpose. If God truly loves me and shows me mercy. Then he wants to help me in the days that I need that. He's asking for help. And he says... I need your help. The first request was for God to deal with the proud who were dealing poorly with the psalmist for no reason. In verse 78, it contrasts two different groups. One group's in their pride 
and the other group a trust in God's precepts. The Bible warns that pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. He says, let the proud be ashamed for when they deal perversely with me. He says, God, I want you to work and I want you to do something with the proud that as they're dealing with me falsely, as they're hurting me, as they're affecting me, I want you to take care of them. It's not my job to take care of those who are afflicting me. You take care of them, God. Let them be ashamed. Let them be sorry because they realize that they've been messing with God's child. They've been messing things up. Lord, I'm asking that you deal with them and that you work with them. Notice there's a second request. See me uh, in verse <coughs> number, uh, excuse me, 79. <clears throat> Let those that fear thee turn unto thee and those that have known my testimonies. As he continues to go, he gives a second request. Now we learn from other parts of this psalm that there were people in power and authority that had been persecuting them. The result of this persecution is that many other people are staying away from them. If you see judgment falling upon people, you watch people pick on others, our normal thing is to stay away from them. <laughs> I don't want to get the bullies affecting me. I'm going to let the bullies just continue... I'm trying to self-preserve. And so, because of this, he's felt lonely and isolated. The psalmist is desiring some human fellowship from other believers who love the Lord. You know, there's something inside of every believer that desires to be with the other believers. He says, let those that fear thee turn unto me. He says, God, I want fellowship. I want to be with other believers. I want to hang out with people who love you. I don't want to be lonely anymore. People have been persecuting. People have been afflicting me. And I've been by myself and I'm isolated. I want to be with others who love you. That's what I want. That's a second request. Then there's a final request. A third request. Notice with me in verse number 80. He says, Let my heart be sound in thy statutes that I be not ashamed. He says, I want my heart to be sound in the scriptures. The word sound carries the idea of being healthy. And he says, I want to be sound. I want to be healthy to the Bible. I want to have the correct interpretation and the correct application in my life. I want to be healthy. You know, someone can force and fight to try to make others believe like we do. Listen, if you don't believe like I do, and they can insult them, humiliate them, do everything. He says, listen, I'm not trying to make myself right. I want to be right. So Lord, you change me. You help me to be healthy according to the scriptures. Help me to have a healthy doctrine. The Bible speaks about this later in the New Testament, that we're supposed to have sound doctrine. That carries the idea of healthy doctrine. By the way, a little side note. If there's such a thing as sound or healthy doctrine, that implies that there's such a thing as not sound or not healthy doctrine. Doctrine that will hurt people. Doctrine that can make people sick. Doctrine that can make people choke to death. Doctrine that can cause people to lose their faith in God. There's such a thing. And so he's, I want to have healthy doctrine. Why? Notice what he says again. Let my heart be sound in thy statutes that I be not ashamed. He says, listen, 
I want to teach people correctly from your word. I want to have it. I don't want to be ashamed that I've been believing the wrong thing for all these years. I want to believe in you and I want to believe correctly. I want to have the request that I want you to teach me sound doctrine. I want to be sound in your scriptures. That's my desire. If you've made me with purpose and you've loved me so much, my request, Lord, is for you to make me the person I ought to be. And to know the scriptures and to have the scriptures the way that I ought to have it. That there's something to this. That when you realize that God made you for a reason and there's a purpose for your life. And that God has showed you so much mercy. Our normal response to him is, Lord, I want you to teach me your word. I want to obey your word the way that I should obey it. I want to be able to understand your word the way that you want me to understand it. I want to respond properly to your word. You understand that there's a principle here that our vision of God affects our vision of ourself. And the vision of God affects the vision of the work that he has for us. It begins with God. What was the psalmist? How did he get to the place where I want to know your word correctly? Because he had a correct view of God. Realized who God was and it affected the rest of his life. Once again... We, hear, we have here God's hands, God's heart, which brought him to the place where he's asking for God's help. I'm thankful we have a wonderful God. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 530-6308. Once again, that number is 920-530-6308. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.